All right, Father, we love you. We praise you so much. Lord, we thank you that you visited us this morning in your, by your spirit, Lord, through our worship. And God, I thank you for the work that you just began. And Father, I pray that you will continue to do a work in our lives. Lord, that not one person that walked in here will walk out of here the same way. God, that we will do business with you today, that we will be real with you today. We will keep it 100 with you today, God. And Lord, do something amazing in us, through us, so that we might reach those who desperately need you. Lord, we love you and we praise you in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. All right. Hey, you know, when you're in a relationship with somebody or you're dating or whatever, it's always a good thing to find out what? Things they love, but what's a really good thing to find out? Things they hate, right? And, and that really gets amplified when you get married. Come on, somebody. The things they tolerated, <laughs> they now hate. And you're like, wait a second. Why do you hate this so much now? Well, it's always annoyed me. I just thought you were cute, right? Come on, married people, help me out. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. But, but there's, it's always a good idea to know what you love, what the person you're with loves, and what they hate. You know, like my wife, she hates being cold. Hates it. Like, for instance, we were, we were in the car yesterday. It's, what, 118 degrees outside, right, with humidity, right? I mean, it's, it's basically this is what hell may feel like, amplified a little bit. And, and we're in the car, and I have the air conditioner on. She's rolling down the windows. I'm like, what are you doing? I hate being cold. I'm like, the fat guy hates being hot. I was like, if you want us to make it there alive, you might want to turn on the air conditioner, roll up your window, because I'm like sweating over here, like whew, meat sweats kind of thing coming on. You know what I'm saying? It's like, it's crazy. I'm like, no, I don't care. The driver needs to be covered. She hates being cold. Like Mexico, we were there. She loved it. We sat on the beach all day. I'm like, oh, my gosh. I'm like passing out. She's loving it. She has a parka on and a sweatshirt and everything else. And I'm like, man. She's like, this is awesome. I'm like, yeah, okay. I'm going to the ocean. I'll be back. But, uh, but, but you got to know what people love and what people hate. For instance, how many of you would say you hate country music? Raise your hand. It's okay. How many of you say, you know, you, it's all, you lost your dog, you lose your wife, all your money's gone, and you wake up and you don't remember what happened, right? That's what country music tends to be like. How many of you, though, on the other hand, would say, man, I love country music. It's good. I do. I love country music. I like real country music, though, people. Come on. You know who I'm talking about. Yeah, not this Florida Georgia Lions stuff we got going on today. I mean real country music. And I'll talk a little bit about that later, too, because I met a guy who played steel guitar for Willie Nelson. That was cool. That's real country music, right? Um, uh, how, about, how about you? you? How many of you would say you hate PC? And those of you know what I'm talking about? I'm not talking about political correctness. I'm talking about the laptop. Okay, how many of you would say that you love PC? Yeah, there's a couple of you. How many of you don't care? How many of you are Mac people? Love Mac. Mac till we die. That's us right there. It'll change your world, PC people. I'm telling you, once you go Mac, you never go back. Look. All right. How many of you say well, you hate mornings? Hate mornings. How many, how many love mornings? How many of you are morning people? Where are you at? Yeah, you guys annoy the rest of those people completely, right? You know who, yeah, yeah. How about Pinterest? You love Pinterest. And all the guys say, I hate Pinterest. Because it means more work for your life, doesn't it? Come on. I just asked my wife about the termites we just had to get her out of because her palette Pinterest projects. Okay, amen? Amen, all right. How many love, how many, how many say you just, you hate, you love, okay. How many like hate British dramas on Netflix? Or is that just me because my wife looks into them incessantly? British dramas that are on Netflix. You know what I'm talking about. Like, yeah, yeah. How many of you love them? Yeah, there's my wife's people right there. How many of you love dogs? How many of you hate cats? Come on, somebody. Yeah, my peeps. There you go. 
There you go. All right. So basically, we all have things we love and we all have things we hate. That's just kind of who we are, right? And God is no different. God has things that he loves and he has things that he hates. It's like, I love the Ohio State Buckeyes football. Come on, somebody. OH! All right. Love them. It's like my passion. I told you when I started dating my wife, I said, listen. I said, on Saturdays, you will not see me. And I've kept it that way. Since we got married, it's just been the thing. You don't see me during football. So don't, don't, what do you mean take out the trash? Give me, I'll be with you in a little bit, right? This is my place, right? We got, by the way, we got six Saturdays till football starts. Come on. But who's counting? Who's counting? This guy. Super excited. My life will change again. Um, how, about, how about this? Like you say, uh, uh, you know, like I, I hate the fact that I like the Browns. I do. I hate the fact that I like the Why can't I like somebody good, for God's sake? Come on. Why do I have to like the Browns? But I do. It's my dad. It's a curse. It's generational. He passed it down to me. I passed it down to my kids. It's just kind of how it works. And, and so I hate, the, like, I hate the fact that I like our minivan. You know what I'm talking about? It's so awesome, but I hate it because that means I'm one of those guys. You know what I mean? I, I just don't enjoy that. But, but, but it, it's true. And, and I just want to, God has things that he hates and things that he loves just like us. I love my family. I love Caden. I love, I love Shelly, my wife. I love Caden. He's, he's 11. I love Kai. He's nine years old. They're, you know, sometimes they test the limits. Come on. But I love them. I love them. And, and it's, 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 it's cool. And, and you, know, you know what I don't love, though? I don't love when I ask them, hey, who scratched my minivan with the bike? And they go, he did it. I hate when they lie. Come on, parents. Anybody know that? Because you know somebody is lying. You can't both not have done it. One of you did it. Who did it? Who was him? No, it, it was him. Who was it? Just tell me. You've never had this conversation, parents. You're looking at me like, don't judge me, peeps. Don't judge me. And then they're going back and forth. Okay, why are you lying? You're not lying. You're lying. I'm like, somebody's lying. Just tell me the truth. And nobody gets hurt. Right? And they keep going, and you're like, okay, fine. Both of you are getting punished. And then they start freaking out at each other. Ah, it's your fault. No, it's your fault. Then you spank both of them. I don't believe in that. I'm just kidding. But then you have that kind of meeting, that dialogue between your kids, and they're both freaking out. You know, I don't like when they lie, but I still love them. Does that make sense? I still love them. I still care about them deeply. I, I, I'm not, I'm not, that doesn't change the way I feel about them, even though I hate when they lie. I don't always like what they do, but I do love them. I do love them. See, if you miss any, anything else that I say today, make sure you download this thought. Make sure you understand that God loves us. He doesn't always like what we do, but he absolutely, positively loves you beyond anything your mind can grasp. Listen, you have got to understand this because love is not what God does. Love is who God is. You've got to get this. I know it's easy to say, but I want you to get this down into your spirit. Get this down into your heart. God, love is not what God does. Love is who God is. It's who God is. Listen, I told you we were, we were uh, on the cabana on the beach and uh, I should have brought pictures, but I didn't want to make you jealous. We had these little nice bed things, and there was like rows of them. And, and we were on the front row, and we had this little towel boy. I just gave him a couple bucks. He made sure we had the front row every single day. It was pretty cool. And, uh, hey, Mr. Watts, I take care of you all day, all week, no problems. I take care of you. I'm like, oh, this is, yes. 
So I'm sitting there, and the first day we get, get sit beside this couple. It's an older couple with their, their, their daughter, who's about my wife's age. And, and we're all hanging out, and there's another couple. So we just become all, there's like six of us, and we just become what I call the front row family all week. What's up, front row family? How you doing? It was just awesome. We just became a family. And so the second day, I guess it was Tuesday, we're sitting there, and, uh, and this, this guy, the guy with his wife and daughters, he's like, we start talking, and he's the guy that played, played uh, steel guitar for Willie Nelson. I'm like, this, yes, I want to talk to this guy. The stories he could tell, he traveled with Willie. Come on, man. He was on the road for 22 years. He's got stories. Right, and he's and so one night we're out, we're out, and uh, after dinner we're hanging out, and, uh, and he he actually pulls up lyrics to Willie Nelson's songs. And he starts going, "Here's what was that was about." He's going through every single lyrics and telling me exactly what's going on behind the scenes of those. Isn't that cool? Yeah, it was cool for me. Sorry, maybe not you. You had to be there, but it was cool. But it turns out he's a professor. Who would have thought? Right? He's a professor at a college in Tennessee. You're like, huh? Never saw that one coming, but he is. And he taught lighting, um, photography lighting at a, at a local school there. And so he, was, he, he, uh, he looks at us the second day. He knew it was our anniversary. And he's like, hey, I want to do something for you guys. I want to bless you. He goes, he's a lighting guy. So he's like, I've been around this entire resort. And I know if you, at 620 this happens, at 645 here's where the sun's going to be. And at 720 we want to be right here at this point. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to bless you guys for your anniversary. And I want to take pictures of you guys so you can celebrate these memories. I'm like, Yeah. How cool is that? A professional photographer for, yeah, I said, I like free. Remember, we went through this already today. If it's free, it's for me. Yes. He said, okay, so meet me here at 6 o'clock Thursday, and we'll make it happen. I'm like, this is so cool. And so here we got this guy. He, he, he starts taking these pictures, and, man, he gets giddy. He's, like, excited. He's like, man, I love this. And he's just taking pictures. He's an old Tennessee boy. He's getting on the, like, he's contorting his bodies in ways to get shots that men his age should not move. I mean, it was just incredible. And I'm like, this is crazy. And he was excited. I mean, I haven't seen a guy this excited about what they do in a long time. And it reminded me about God is not, it is not about doing love. He is love. See, this guy, yeah, he may have been in the road and been in a band. And his passion, who he was, is this photographer. Right? It was inside of him. It's what he was. It's, it's what got him out of bed anymore. It's what got him excited. It, it, it was his true calling and his true passion in life. And listen, love is not what God does, but who God is. It's, it's who he is. He can't do nothing outside of love. He cannot operate outside of love. Everything has, he does stems from a place of love. It's love. God is love. He doesn't do love He is love. Do you understand? We've got to get this down inside of us. Because here's what it says in 1 John 4, 8. Whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. So you see things going on in the world right now, and you're like, man, this world is full of hate. Well, yeah, because the world doesn't know God. That's where we got to start, people. It's all about, if if they know God, then they'll know love. Then they'll start operating in ways that exude that. But if they don't know love God, love of God is not in them. Therefore, they can't please God. See, we've got to be at a place of love. We've got to be at a place of love. For God so loved the world. We see it at football games all the time, right? John 3, 16, that he gave his one and only son. And whoever, say whoever, say I'm whoever, believes in him shall not perish but have what? Eternal life. That's love. Love gives. Love gives. Love gives. And so, but here's the problem, right? If God truly is love, 
If he truly is love, if, if everything I'm saying is correct, if, if the scriptures are true and accurate, and, and it's not some mythical thing, if, if this is accurate, then if he is love, how come I don't feel his love? How come I don't see his love? How come I feel far from him some of the time? And maybe some of you might be honest enough to say most of the time. How come all the things that are going around in the world are happening that are happening? How come my life seems like it's disheveled? If God truly is love, how come he feels so distant? And see, I think, I think, I think we, we can answer it a couple different ways. I think number one is maybe we're not seeking God enough. Maybe we're not seeking God, right? It, it's like those of you that have children or have lost things or my kids, our laundry room tends to pile up. I don't know about you guys, but I mean mounds of stuff, right? And it's also the mud room where they put their shoes. That is a battle in itself, right? Hey, go get your shoes. I can't find them. Where are they at? They're in the mud room. Well, start looking. I, can't, I did. I can't find them. Well, go look again. And you watch them go in the, in the room. What do they do, guys? You know this. Yeah, I can't find them. You're not looking. Yeah, I did, Dad. And then they'll fall down crying in the heap of clothes saying they can't find their shoes. I need help. Well, you're not doing it. You're not even looking for them. You're not going to find them. You're absolutely right. You know, Don't judge me, parents. You know what I'm talking about. You've all had this discussion. If you haven't, come talk to me and help me be a better parent because I need to figure this thing out. Because I suck at this game. I'm just going to tell you. But seriously, and there's this heap of clothing, and he's crying. He's throwing it. I can't find my shoes. Just get up and look. But yeah, I did. No, you didn't. I watched you. Yes, I did. I'm looking down. Yeah, I my shoes. Right? Get up. And you move stuff. And you're like, oh, look, what is this? It's your shoe. <laughs> and here's your other one. If you just would have looked. Right? If you just would have looked. And thank God for my wife because her nickname around our house is the finder of lost things. That's who she is. She is this mythical creature that floats around our house, and she finds it. It's amazing. She's got, like, fairy dust and stuff, and she finds it all. It's awesome. See, Henry Miller says it this way. He says, objects are lost because people look where they are not instead of where they are. See, we're not seeking God. We're not truly seeking God where we need to find him. Oh, we're seeking fulfillment in our jobs. Right? We're seeking love in our relationships. We're seeking affirmation in our, in our spouses. We're, we're seeking success in our workplaces. We're seeking, we're just not seeking God. Right? We're just not seeking God. And that's why you feel far from God. That's why you don't feel the love of God. That's why we feel like he's distant from us. Because here's the thing. The Bible says in Matthew 6, what? But seek Second, oh no, first, sorry. Seek first, whose kingdom? Your kingdom? Your employer's kingdom? Seek his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. See, the problem is we've got it, we've got it flipped, right? We're seeking everything else. I think we tend to approach life, hey God, will you bless this? Hey, God, will you bless my career? Hey, God, will you bless my marriage? Hey, God, will you bless my finances? Rather than saying, hey, God, what can I do that you will bless? Come on, that's a good place to say amen. See, we've got to seek God first, and then these things will be added unto 
to us. But the truth is, we're not, sink, we're not seeking. Matter of fact, Romans 12 says it this way, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And it goes on to say, if you keep reading, it says, then you will be able to test and know what the good, perfect, pleasing will of God is for your life. See, if you're going through life and you just feel like you're a zombie and you can't get off this treadmill and those kind of things because you're not seeking God, he's not in the right place. You won't know his perfect will until you transform your mind and you start seeking him first. The second reason it's so hard for us to feel God's love is this, is we don't love like God loves. We don't love like God loves. Well, and there's part of that we're probably not going to be able to. We're human, right? We're finite beings. There's some things in us that might make it difficult, but we don't listen. But 1 John says this, this is love, that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as, the, not that we love God, but that he loved, he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also lot, ought to love one another. Right? And I think the church is pretty bad at this. Not legacy, we do, but the church as a whole. We tend to eat our young, don't we? Shake your head with me. Yes. Because hurt people hurt people, and the church is full of hurt people, so people keep getting hurting people. It's how it happens, right? We're full of messy people, and with messy people comes what? Mess. <laughs> you want a trick question? Got it. Right? So, so it ha- and we just haven't quite learned how to love because we don't love like God loves. There was this little boy, and, and he was orphaned. His mom died. His dad was out of the picture. His mom died. So his aunt took him in. And his aunt, his aunt reminded him every day of how grateful he should be that she took him in because she really didn't want him. She was kind of past that age in her life where she wanted kids around. And, and so she reminded him, hey, you better be grateful, you little punk, because I took you in when nobody else would. You know that kind of attitude. And so he was in school, and he had his teacher, and he loved his teacher. And he'd stay, he'd stay in, uh, afterwards and help her clean up after school just so he could delay the time that he went with his aunt. And, and he, he, he just loved. They wouldn't, sometimes they wouldn't even talk, but he would just go in there. He just liked being in her presence. He loved his teacher. And one day, he know, she know, the teacher noticed that he wasn't showing up, and so she kind of approached him and said, hey, what's going on? You used to come into my class and hang out. Where, where you been? He goes, well, he goes, I'm, I'm working on a present for you for Christmas. And he knew at 11, but he got shy and ran away, right? And he never went back in her classroom again after school because he was just shy, but he continued to work on this present. And, and sure enough, time came, time came, and Christmas was here, and, and he, he walked into her room, and and, and behind his back, he, he said, I have your present. I hope you like it. And he had this little box. And he handed it to her. And, and as she opened it, she said, is there, is there something in it? And she opens it up, right? And, and, and he said, oh, you, you can't see what's inside of it. You can't touch it. You can't taste it. You can't feel it. But mother always said it makes you feel good all the time. Warm on cold nights and safe when you're all alone. And the, the teacher gazed into the box and, and said, that, that, that will make me feel so good what what is it and he said it's it's love it's love and and mother always said it was best when you give it away listen church god loves us and he says that the only way that we can show love we got to love other people if the love of god is in us then love for people is in us if you don't love people you don't love god it's what the scripture said i'm not calling you out i'm just being real can i keep it real We've got to love God, love people, love others. That's everything we do around here at Legacy Church, but we've got to give it away. We should be like red hot chili peppers every single day of our life, right? Give it away, give it away, give it away now. We should just be looking for opportunities to give love away. 
That's what we should be doing. That should be our whole entire mission in life is to give love away. The problem is our love comes with strings, doesn't it? Right? It comes with conditions, doesn't it? Well, my boss is being a jerk. Love him anyway. Well, you don't understand my wife. Love her anyway. You don't understand my kids are acting a fool. You will love them anyway. My na- Love them anyway. But love them anyway. See, perfect love casts all sins, cast out all sins, right? Perfect love, right? You've got problems in your life, love them anyway. You know, this world is falling apart at the seams. Well, I'm going to love anyway. I'm not going to let hate enter my body. I'm going to love anyway. I'm going to respond out of love, not out of, out of, out of uh, hate, right? I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to let my emotions rule the way that I feel. I'm going to love anyway. When you do that, it says that the world, those that don't know Christ will come to know him because of your love for them and for one another. Right? You'll love anyway. Love anyway. We'll just sit that right there. <laughs> and the, 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 the final reason that we don't always feel God's love. And this is a big one for me. And I think it's probably a big one for you is that we feel unworthy, is that we feel unworthy. Let's watch this. Who am I? Am I what I do? An artist, an accountant, a teacher, a mother? Or am I what I've achieved? An honor student, an MVP, a winner? Am I the things I've done right? Or am I defined by the things I've done wrong? Am I a saint? A sinner? What about what others think of me? Am I all of these things? None of these things? Who am I? How I identify myself determines how I approach life. If I am what I do, I'll always need to do more and achieve more to find my value. If I am what others say, I'll always try to please people instead of my Heavenly Father. But if I listen to who God says I am and embrace his identity in me, I'll find the freedom to live out all he has planned for me. God calls me his child. He says I am wise and restored, that I'm a brand new creation in Christ. I am chosen and holy and blameless before God. He calls me his masterpiece. I am loved by God. He says, I am made complete through the grace and mercy of Jesus, my Savior. And when I see myself the way God sees me, I walk with confidence because I trust the one who answers the question, who am I? Listen, church, Christ follower, you need to know that you are worthy. You need to battle those thoughts that are in your head every single day because they're real. Those voices in your head, they're real. They're coming against you. All hell is competing for your soul. Do you realize that? And the, best, the, wor- the, 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 the worst thing the enemy can do, or the best thing, depending on how you're living at, is to attack your identity. That's all. He attacks your identity. He goes, you're not good enough. Listen, how in the world can you show up to Legacy Church this morning and raise your hand and worship God based on what you did last night? How in the world can you walk in here and say hi to somebody when somebody says, how are you doing? And you oh, everything's great. And you know all hell is coming against you. 
See, those voices get in your head and they start making you feel you're not in one word. Then you start feeling the condemnation. You start feeling the guilt. You start bearing the weight and all of a sudden you start believing it. Listen, I want you to know that you are worthy. You've got to believe this, people. You are worthy. You know how I know you're worthy? Because the Bible says in Romans 8, or 5, 8, that God demonstrated his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. He died for you. He died for me. If that doesn't make you worthy, nothing on this planet will. God sent his son from heaven to come down here to die, to have a relationship with you. That makes you worthy. That makes you worth it. That makes you worth something. That gives you incredible value. Ephesians 10 says you are God's masterpiece. Say I'm God's masterpiece. Two of you said it. The rest of you say it like you believe it. I'm God's masterpiece. I'm a masterpiece. Say it. Say I'm a masterpiece. You are a masterpiece. Do you understand that? There's no, point, there's no piece of art in this world that's more beautiful and more worthy and more valuable than you. None. There's nothing to be sold at auction that's more valuable than you. Nothing. You are God's masterpiece. Matter of fact, that word poema means it's, it's, you are his finished work. You are his ultimate piece. You are like the statue of David. You are it. If you don't walk around here with swagger, then you got to, pro- you should. Because you are it. You are the it, if I can be so bold. That's who you are in Christ Jesus. You are his masterpiece. He broke the mold in a very good way when he made you. You are his masterpiece. You are worthy of everything that that book has to offer, of everything that he has to give to you. You are worthy of it, and you need to know that. You are his workmanship. You are his masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so you can do the good things he planned for you long ago. See, understand, God had you in his eye before he sent his son to die for you. Do you understand that? No, you, not a picture of you. Not this, he had people in mind. No, he had you in mind. When he, before he created, before the foundations of the earth, he had you in mind. You, not this picture, not this shadow, but you. He sent Jesus to die for you. Not him, not her, you personally. You are absolutely 100% God's favorite. Say, I'm God's favorite. I'm God's favorite. You should walk around this earth thinking you're God's favorite. That'll change your life. Hey, how you doing? I'm great. I am God's favorite. Wait a second. Well, no, no, I'm God's favorite. He died for, he sent his son to die for me. I'm God's favorite. Like he blesses me in ways that I can't, I'm God's favorite. You think about how you treat your kids, right? You want to give them the world. What do you think the guy who created the world wants to give you? That'll change your life. It'll change your life. You are God's masterpiece. We don't feel God's love because we're not seeking him. We don't feel God's love because we don't feel worthy. I want you to walk out of here feeling worthy today. I want you to walk out of here feeling like you are God's favorite because you are. It's not just some cool saying. You are God's favorite. You are a teacher's pet. I promise you. You are the apple of his eye. When he looks down, when you wake up in the morning, he's excited. He's excited because he wants to hang out with you today. He wants to have a relationship with you today because you are his favorite, right? You know, when my favorite kid walks down the stairs, I'm excited, right? The other one, eh, not so much, but my favorite. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I don't have favorites, kind of, but seriously, you are his favorite. 
You are his favorite. You are so worthy. If we will just grab a hold of this, it'll change your life. Listen, when those voices come in and tell you you're not worthy, you know what you need to do? You say, God, forgive me for my sin, right? Forgive me for the wrong I've done in my life. And then forget it and drive on. It's a Fido principle, right? Forget it and drive on. Move on. Yeah, you screwed up. Everybody does. Tell him. He knows anyway. He's just waiting for you to say, hey, Dad, I screwed up. Okay. Because just like my kids, they can lie to me, but I still love them. They're not kicked out of the family, right? They're not ostracized. They're not excommunicated. Uh, 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 yeah, they're not kicked out. I can't say the word. Excommunicated. There we go. Hooked on phonics works for me. But seriously, you are God's favorite. You are worthy. You are worthy. We are worthy. Christ follower, you are worthy. You are worthy of everything that's in that book. You're worthy of all the blessings that he has for your life. And when you get this, a shift will come in your life like you've never been able to imagine. He has bigger plans for you than you could ever imagine. He's got more blessings coming your way than you could ever imagine. But you must seek him first. Don't seek the giver or seek the gift. Seek the giver. Right? It's not about the blessing. It's about the blesser. Seek first his kingdom. Get busy building his kingdom. Get busy building his world. Get busy reaching lost people. Get busy making disciples. Get busy making his dreams come true. And you'll look around and realize your dreams have come true. You are worthy. You are worthy. You are worthy. Let's pray. Father, Father, I thank you. I thank you so much for what you're doing in our lives. I thank you that we are worthy, God. I thank you that you love us so much. I thank you that you care for us so much. I thank you that you had me, you had him, you had her, you had us in your, on your mind when you sent your son, your precious son, the son of heaven, to die for my sin. I thank you, God, that I can walk in forgiveness. I can walk in righteousness that's not my own. I can walk in holiness that only comes through knowing you. I thank you, Lord, that I can have an incredible relationship with you, knowing I'm your favorite, God. With every head bowed, look, you might be in this room and say, Pastor Buddy, I don't feel worthy. I haven't felt worthy in a long time. Listen, I, I can't feel, I can't love people. I haven't felt God's love. I don't, maybe, maybe it's because you have never accepted God's love. And let me tell you what that is. It begins with accepting the fact that his son Jesus died for your sins, forgave you, and came back out of that grave alive three days later so that you can have an incredible life that you can never imagine. If you've never made that step to say, I want to, I've ser- I'm serving Jesus, I want you to slip your hand up in the air real quick. Nobody's looking around. Nobody at all. All right, now the rest of you in this room, Maybe you're just feeling unworthy. You've let the enemy attack you. You're listening to the wrong voices. You're, 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 you're just not living in victory. And you need some victory. You need some things to change in your life. If that's you in this room, say, Pastor Buddy, I need to start listening to the right voices. I need to feel God's love in my heart once again. I need him to fan that flame. If that's you, would you ship, yeah, lift your hand up in the air? Anybody? Yes, absolutely. Can I pray with you? Father, I thank you for these people who are brave enough to raise their hand. And Father, Lord, as your word says, that we will fan the flame, fan the fires of your love in our lives, God. Lord, that we will be encouraged. And Father, I just pray that you will breathe into their spirits today the breath of encouragement, the breath of life, and the love that they need to feel today. God, 
we know that in this world we will have troubles. Your word says so. But Lord, we also know that if we'll take heart, you will overcome anything that is in our lives right now. Anything that's trying to separate us from your love, from your relation, from relationship with you, God. And I pray right now that you will just shift, shift these obstacles out of their way. Lord, bring your love in a way that they haven't felt in a long time. God, help them to walk in faith. Help them to walk in righteousness. Help them to walk in holiness by the power of your Holy Spirit, Father. And Lord, we need to repent, Father. We repent. And Lord, help us to forget that. Help us not to walk in condemnation or guilt, but to walk in power and love and in forgiveness and accept the forgiveness that only comes by the power of your Holy Spirit and what you did through Jesus on the cross. Lord, we love you and we praise you in Jesus' name.